I'm Danine Erasmus. Welcome to another episode of The Weekly Wrap, a podcast in which I tell you about some of the top news and articles that we have put together for the latest edition of Farmers Weekly. We also take a look at some of the trending topics for the week from our online and social media platforms. Today I will be discussing a few more of the main features from the 3 and 10 July combined issue, which will be in stores until the 10th of July. I also want to remind readers that from the next issue onwards, that is the 17 July issue, Farmers Weekly will again be published, as always in the past, on a weekly basis. The COVID-19 pandemic has pulled the rug out from under many people's feet, resulting in huge health, financial and job uncertainties. South African farmers, however, constantly face uncertainty with disease outbreaks, droughts, floods, hail and other adverse climate conditions resulting in stretches with hardly any or a reduced income at least a couple of times during their careers. In one of the articles featured in the 3 and 10 July issue, we spoke to some farmers about how they cope with uncertainty in their businesses and also what advice they may have for those who work in other sectors who might now, because of the pandemic and the lockdown, be facing more uncertainty about the future than they are used to dealing with. Richard Kricher, Vice Chairperson of Grain SA, who farms near Caledon in the Overberg, says one way of reducing risk in business is through good planning and decision-making. But, he says, it is not enough to merely make decisions. The decisions need to be implemented. He adds that decisions should not be taken blindly, saying, make use of all the data and information in your reach to help you make informed decisions, especially if you lack experience. Consult and exchange ideas, he says. In this way, you can identify ways in which risk can be lowered. Also in the article, 24-year-old Njabula Mbukani from Ermelo, who farms with sheep, vegetable and maize, says that to reduce market risk, she has diversified production. Mbukani says she started out with only grain, but have diversified to other produce to buffer herself against market risk. In this way, she says, when prices are low for maize, the prices of vegetables and mutton will hopefully help pull her through. In addition to this, she also surrounds herself with positive people who continuously motivate and support her. She also meditates for ideally an hour in the evening and the morning to ground herself. Mbokane says, Meditation helps to clear my mind and regain perspective, which in turn helps me make better decisions and respond better to what people ask and say. Like Mbokane, Dr. Theo de Yar, who is the president of the World Farmers Organization and a farmer in Limpopo, says he also believes in the value of diversifying. But he points out the need to not just diversify in terms of the type of products being produced. He has also diversified his business geographically by leasing two farms in other African countries. Moving on to our guest editorial this week, written by Dr. Sufisun Tombela, the chief economist at the National Agricultural Marketing Council. He writes that while previous growth and development initiatives 
focused mostly on growing the commercial farming sector, a new school of thought advocates for the coexistence of smallholder and commercial farmers to achieve household-level food security in South Africa. For the longest time, says Ntombela, food security has been dominated by a belief that commercial business must create jobs so persons can earn wages and be able to afford food. And this type of thinking has encouraged the commercial production of food to gain economies of scale, thus keeping the price of food stable and affordable for most households in the country. However, writes Ntumbela, with stagnating job opportunities over the past decade, there is an emerging school of thought on attaining the food security in the country, which advocates for smallholder farmers to produce their own food so that they can be self-sufficient at household level. So instead of households being wage earners to produce food, this type of thinking promotes the notion of households to produce their own food. Ntumbela says this new school of thought calls for a coexistence of commercial and smallholder farmers to achieve both food security nationally and on household level, while also maintaining foreign earnings for the country. Last feature from the 3 and 10 July issue that I want to discuss briefly profiles a young self-taught worm farmer from Hammond's Kral near Pretoria. Tata Lekunyani uses red regular earthworms in his worm farm to convert waste such as kitchen scraps and manure into compost. He says that the recycling of food waste into compost offers an opportunity to address the growing problem of wastage in the food value chain. Lekonyane had no previous experience in farming, but he needed a way to earn some money so that he could pay for his studies. After researching a few different types of farming, he came across an article about vermiculture and decided to give this a go, because unlike many other types of farming, the area needed to farm as well as the setup costs was not prohibitive for a new farmer. So in early 2017, he started his worm farm, hoping that this would serve as a stepping stone towards a career in agriculture. The earthworms are housed in a man-made structure, for example, all bathtubs, or as he uses, plastic bins. Kitchen waste and other organic matter is fed into the worm farm and digested by the earthworms, thus converting the waste into a type of compost called vermicost, worm castings. These worm castings, says Lekunyane, is not only an excellent fertilizer which is beneficial to the soil and plant life, it actually improves soil structure which helps retain moisture in the soil. After some trial and error, the material he feeds into the farm now includes sawdust, tea bags, cow manure, egg cartons and shelves, and kitchen waste. It took about 11 months of trial and error before Lekunyani could harvest his first compost. He also experimented with different methods of harvesting the vermicompost. Now he uses the migration harvest method, which involves filling an empty bin half full with new feed ingredients. Then the fully processed contents of an old bin is poured on top of the new feed mixture. After a period of time, worms in the older contents at the top of the bin will migrate downwards to the new habitat in search for food thus leaving the worm castings compost at the top of the bin for easy harvesting. These are just some of the informative features from the 3 and 10 July issue, which, as I said earlier, will still be on shelf until 10 July. 
Now let's take a quick look at some of the top performing news stories from our website this week. NSA announced that the Nampa Harvest Day event held in Boerterville every year will not go ahead in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yanni de Villiers, CEO of Grain SA, said that during the pandemic, which is expected to peak around August or September, they cannot responsibly go ahead with a show that attracts more than 20,000 visitors in a day. De Villiers said that cancelling the event was the only logical cause of action. Grain SA has announced, however, that it will, for the first time, host a virtual Nampo Harvest Day, which will take place online from 9 to 12 September. More details about this virtual event will be made available soon. Meanwhile, Grain SA was still discussing the future of Nampo Cape and for Nampo Alpha Livestock Hunting and Outdoor. Should the postponement of these two events be possible, the dates that were being considered were 24 to 26 September for Nampo Cape and 29 to 31 October for Nampo Alpha Livestock Hunting and Outdoor. A huge increase in the diesel price will cost grain farmers who are in the process of harvesting dearly. This week, the price of a litre of diesel increased by around 170, and according to Cornel Lowe, senior economist at Grain SA, the immediate effect of the diesel price hike was about 44 rand per hectare increase in production costs for maize farmers. Lowe explained that they take into account that a farmer uses on average about 25 litres of diesel per hectare to harvest a crop and to drive it to the nearest silo. That means that for the national area of roughly about 2,6 million hectares under maize, it will result in an extra 114 million rand in input costs for the industry. He stressed that this calculation excludes producers' diesel consumption for ripping after harvest. Meanwhile, AgriSA has called on government to launch an urgent inquiry into the continuous shortage of diesel. According to AgriSA, one of the key reasons for the shortage was the ongoing vandalism and theft of diesel by well-organized syndicates from the diesel supply lines between Durban and Johannesburg. AgriSA also urged Transnet, industry stakeholders and government to act swiftly on the matter to avoid further damage to what they call an already fragile economy. Then, lastly, it has come to light that the Agricultural Research Council may cut 1,000 jobs as it tries to grapple with financial and other difficulties at the institution. Some of the reasons put forward by the ARC for the intention to retrench up to 1,000 members of staff included insufficient financial support from government, excessive staff expenditure, and an inability to generate income from outside sources. Currently, about 90% of state funding received by the ARC is being spent on salaries and, according to the Estimates of National Expenditure, which was published alongside the 2020 National Budget, the ARC received funding of roughly about 942 million rand from the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development for the 2019-2020 financial year. Compensation for employees that year amounted to roughly 813 million rand. 
That was it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weekly Wrap and join me again next week when I will be discussing some of the features from the 17 July issue, which will feature farmers who are making the most of farming on small pieces of land by placing the focus on increasing yield and quality. In the meantime, remember to follow us on social media for all the latest farming news and updates. We are on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly. Weekly essay. Stay safe and happy farming.